0: Yeah, we're, uh, we're in part two of a series called Recalculating, and uh, if you've ever uh, had, a, had a, uh, you know, a GPS going in the car and you get off the beaten track, the first thing that the machine tells you is it's recalculating, trying to get you back on track, getting on to, onto the road that you're supposed to be on. And we used that as an illustration last week to say that sometimes we can get lost, we can get off track when it comes to our finances. And not only that, we know what happens when we get off track with our finances. We know what happens to our, to our lives, to our economic lives, our social lives, our physical lives. But what we learned last week, that money is just not a physical reality. That the decisions we make have spiritual impact. That money is as much a spiritual decision as it is a physical economic decision. Which is something really important to kind of distinguish. Jesus in Matthew six had said that you worship either God or you worship money. It's one or the other; that you can't have both. And the determination of how you manage your money has a lot to do with your spiritual health, your spiritual vitality. Now we live in a. Now we're gonna we're gonna handle the 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 dreaded D word today. Um, not death. For some people, death is easier than debt, um, if I can say that. Um, But we're handling the the awful D word, debt. Now, to to stand up here this morning and talk about debt in a culture and society that we live in is a little bit, um, what can I compare it to? Um, It's a little bit like saying maybe next time uh, we don't really need a, a Catholic to be Pope. It could be something else, you know? Like, you don't guys find that funny? Maybe more Catholics here than I thought. Oh. Uh, sorry, you know what? I, <laughs> no, just you know what? I, you know what I'm saying? Like the talk about debt in a culture like this is 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 really a, a difficult topic because at at one point or another, every one of us has leveraged debt, right? To get somewhere, debt is the fastest way for you to upgrade your standard of living. Right? There's two ways to upgrade your standard of living. Either you do it the slow way, which is in to invest and, and to put away and to, and to save slowly. That's, that's one way. Our culture doesn't like that way. right? Or you can upgrade your standard of living simply by signing on the dotted line. right? And that's, and that's the truth of the matter. Because that's, that's the world that we live in. Debt is, is, is part of life. Debt is part of of what, we're, what, um, what makes the machinery of our society work. And so it's a very difficult topic because every one of us is, is in one way or another going to be uncomfortable when we talk about this particular topic. In fact, um, you know, I, I had my last class um, um, last Monday with my students and gave them the, the last exam, and I was kind of looking around in a class of 50 students... And, and I was thinking to myself, I wonder how many of these students wouldn't be here if they didn't have a loan, if they didn't take out OSAP, right? And that's the reality of, of the world that we live in. In fact, just a few years ago, our school was, was, was mandated by OSAP to start taking attendance in a whole different way, um, uh, because they wanted to track the students that weren't in class, were in class, and they were going to, uh, you know, determine their level of eligibility for OSAP, et cetera, et cetera. so it's a really complicated thing. But the reality is, is the school, uh, the first year started taking uh, attendance of those that were in OSAP and those that weren't, and, and the list was so large here they just did a a blanket kind of attendance thing for everybody because it just wasn't used to, you know what I mean? Right, Because there's so many students, they just went ahead and did it. Anyway, so that just tells you the kind of world that we live in. Um, it's, it's a world that we're very, very much all about how to raise our standard of living by this thing called debt, loan. All right. Do you want me just to end there? Um <laughs> Now listen, I'm going to, I'm going to, oh yeah, I honestly thought I would have gotten a lot more urgency on that one, because it is Soup Sunday after all. Okay, let's see, Soup Sunday, um, talk about debt, Where, where would you rather go first? Okay, yeah. Anyway. Um, but we're, what we're going to do this morning, though, I think is really fascinating. We're going to look at some Old Testament passages. And what's really, what's really interesting to me is that imagine for a second, going back so many thousands of years, and, and God having something really significant to say about debt, It's really significant to say about money, especially to the Old Testament community. Here is, we're going to look at a couple of passages that comes even before... The children of Israel end up in the promised land. If you know the story, God did this miraculous thing, moved moved all the Israelites out of Egypt, took them out of slavery. They wandered the desert for 40 years, and just before, into the land of Moab, and then just before they entered into the promised land, all the benefits that God was going to give them, Moses did a timeout. And just before they went into the promised land, he gave them a series of, of lessons and a series of laws and said... I, you know, Before you enter into the promised land, here are the really important things I want you to know and to, uh, important things that you're going to have to, to deal with and adopt. Because if you don't, God's not going to bless you. But if you follow these commandments, if you follow these stipulations, God is going to bless you tremendously. And the blessing's going to be amazing. And you are going to be, and the purpose I want you to, the reason why I want you to do this is I want you as, as, a, as, a, as a little nation among all these other nations to show the rest of the world what it's like to live faithfully under God. You are supposed to be a light to these other nations. So they'll be drawn to you, and they'll say, oh, it's really cool to live this life of faithfulness to God, that this God is an amazing God. Look how this God cares for these people. Look what he's done for them. And it would make other people come and want to be a part of what the nation of Israel became because of God. Okay? So really important. And and what's interesting to me is that part of what the law that God gave to these Israelites had to do all about money. Because God recognized, even at that point, that if they didn't have the correct understanding of money, correct understanding of what it meant to be blessed by God, what that that meant, what that could demonstrate, the other nations wouldn't be able to see God as a God of blessing. And a God that would provide all their needs. So, We're going to go, first of all, over to Deuteronomy 28. I want to put this passage up here. We're going to read this. And it says this. The Lord, uh, through Moses, talking to the nation of Israel, will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. Isn't that cool? That is... the. Listen, if I was a young kid and somebody blessed me like that, don't you think that would be a cool blessing? Absolutely. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You're not going to be the back end of anything. And you will always be on top and never on the bottom. Okay? Great, great passage. Great passage a great power in this passage it's 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 a great biblical principle that god will now now I want to be really careful here because I, what I don't want you to hear is that if you obey god god will give you everything you ask him for okay we're not talking about health and wealth gospel or anything like that but we are saying that there are benefits there are benefits to in faithful and obedient to God. That there are benefits. You can't ignore that part of it. And in the Old Testament, God made direct physical benefits to the nation of Israel whenever they were faithful. And God says you will never look needy to the other nations. You will never be in want. You'll never have to run to another nation and appear like you need them. Because I'm gonna be able to sustain you. I'm gonna be able to bless you. I'm gonna be able to give to you. Right? Now this is this is a really important principle because we are incredibly blessed in in, in the in the land that we live in. And oftentimes we have to look needy in order to up our standard of living. You guys, know where I'm going with this? Okay? How many of you remember layaway? Like real real layaway. Okay? Um, where where you went in and um I got to be careful with this. You went in and you <laughs> You went and you saw something, right? And you saw something. You said, I like that. I want to buy that. But in the old days, what you used to do is, is you'd say to the person, um, I want to put it on layaway. And the company would say, okay, so for the next six months, you bring in $100. We'll put this thing in the back. We'll put a cover over it. We'll say that it's sold. So when you've paid the $600, whatever that item is, once a month, and you've paid it off, now you get to take it home. Yeah. How many... Yeah, I mean, we really remember that, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone are the days, right? You know. And and what was really neat about that is you bring it home. It's totally paid for, and it's brand new. What What do we do today? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You come in, you get it. You don't start paying for two years. Don't even start paying for two years. Um. So you take it home, you haven't even started to pay for it. And what's really funny is that after two years, a lot of us are sick of it. In fact, we don't even know where it is anymore. Some of us even ate it, you know, like, and, um, you, know, um, you, know, you know, you know, you know, what I mean? You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, and I, I grew up, I grew up in a generation that said, debt's okay, for things that add value. That's, that's what you, you know, if it's something that added value, it was okay to go, go in debt. So mortgages and that were okay, you know. But now we're mortgaging mattresses. You, you know, like, like, really, okay? All right, so this is, this is something that God understood. And for the nation of Israel, didn't want them sort of getting caught in that trap. Caught in that trap. Um, I want to look at this next passage because this is really the heart of it. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. From Proverbs 22, 7. Debt isn't necessarily um, discounted in the scripture. But what it does say is that debt is a form of slavery. And if you're going to enter into slavery, you better have a plan. You better have a way out. And you better be very, very careful. Because the reality is in the culture that we live in, we don't sell ourselves into slavery directly. We don't say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna behold, you know, become beholden to this organization. You know, what we often do, what we often do is we purchase and consume ourselves into slavery. That's what we actually do in the culture that we live in, we actually purchase and consume ourselves into a form of slavery. Because we all know what it's like when we're responsible to someone for a payment. We can't just say no, right? Month after month after month, we are, you know, we're the slave to that lender. And, and God understands what it's like to be under that yoke. Um, here's, here's, here's where debt becomes a problem debt limits your ability to be generous. And I, the word I want to use intentionally is the ability. You may have every good intention. You may want to give. Your desire, your wish, may be to give, but often debt <laughs> limits our ability to be generous. Not just in in every aspect of life, debt has that ability to limit our opportunities to be generous. Now listen, I'm I'm, I'm hitting on a few few things here. Um, but we've got three more messages on this, so you're going to have to be patient because we're going to, you know, this number two is going to swing into number three, right? Um, these, these could easily be two-hour messages at the rate we're going um, because there's a, there's a lot of material. And by the end of the series, 2 we're going to give you a whole bunch of tools. I'm not going to leave you out stranded. There's a number of tools. Um, there's a number of initiatives that we're starting as a church to help everyone out oh, because this is a huge topic it's a huge huge topic I want to be really really careful with all this but I'm going to do something right now I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to swing and take us all on a little journey right now um, on a really neat Bible passage off from this and uh, we're going to come back around can, can we do that all right. Can you be patient with me? So I'm just going to take you on a ride. We're going to come back in a, in a few minutes. But just keep all of these things that we just talked about here. Here's another really neat passage out of the Old Testament. It is a law, by the way, something that God instituted again for the nation of Israel, and and they got it for a little bit, but we're not. Sh- and and we know for a fact that the nation of Israel, these people who are so determined by the law didn't follow this all the way through. In fact, we have stories of, of, of kings uh, later on in the nation of Israel that tried to institute this and failed miserably. All right, This is a really cool story. And if you don't believe the word of God is powerful and God's got some really smart things to say to us, this passage is going gonna, is gonna to blow you out of the water if you don't remember what this passage is all about. Here we are at Deuteronomy 15, Okay. At the end of every seventh year, you must cancel the debts of everyone who owes you money. Wow. Now listen, that's, that's worth some kind of yelling. No? Imagine if at the end of every seven years, all the debts got canceled. Wouldn't that be sweet? Listen. Hey, hey, listen, a number of you right now are doing the math in your head. (laughs) You're already calculating how much interest you're saving, right? Oh, and I can actually tell them, huh? Oh, yeah, you know, after seven years, all, all debt's canceled. This is how it must be done. Everyone must cancel the loans they have made to their fellow Israelites. They must not demand payment from their neighbors or relatives. For the Lord's time... Oh, that... Relatives I I wish that wasn't in there Anyway Um, (laughs) I got my whole family over there What am I talking about? Wow Um, For the Lord's time of release has arrived This release from debt, however Applies only to your fellow Israelites Not the foreigners living among you And and that's a whole different deal We're not going to deal with that There should be and, And listen, look at this Look how God does this. There should be no poor among you. For the Lord your God will greatly bless you in the land he has given you as a special possession. Wow. This is, this is known as the year of Jubilee in the Old Testament. you probably heard that terminology. And then seven sevens became you know, the 49th year. That was a whole year of Jubilee as well, and the Israelites weren't allowed to plant anything. They were uh, supposed to leave the land fallow and, and not plant anything, and and then here everything got canceled. Now scholars argue whether this was uh, you know for good that you cancel if it was just that year. But listen, I'd be happy with just one year of no payments, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, like I'm good with that. If that's if that's you, you know, but this is an amazing, 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 amazing story imagine if we adopted this principle what think about this what do you think it would do to our world if every 7 years we canceled everything what would it happen what would happen to the price of everything what would happen to the the ability or the length in which you could borrow right now most of you are really disturbed about this because you're thinking You know, this would never work. But this is powerful stuff. This is God-ordained stuff. This is stuff that God instituted in the nation of Israel to prevent much of what we suffer with in the world right now. Imagine. Imagine the price of a house under a system like this. Imagine the price of a car in a system like this. Imagine what would be affordable and assist. I think this is absolutely brilliant. We are so afraid. We are so afraid of instituting God's word. This is a classic example of what difference it would make in the world if we took this on. And imagine that God sees this as a... As, and, and I love the fact that, that God actually deals with the poor. What would, how would this transform the way that we take care of people? Wouldn't this force us to say, no, money should not rule, but people should be our primary concern? That often, we live in a world where the decisions we make are decisions that are rooted around the dollar and not the person. And how many of us have been devalued as a human being because there's been a monetary decision made on top of us. We've all been there. We've all experienced that. We've all been downsized. Okay, And I come from a world, and I've said this many, many times, where I went to the gas station, they pumped my gas, they checked my oil, they washed my windows, and it wasn't even half of what we're paying now. I live in a world, when, when I went to the grocery store, they put my groceries in the bag. They took it to the car. I lived in a world where, you know, I didn't have to put the garbage out on the street. They came into my backyard and took it out. Okay? Now, now, uh, you, know, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? How, how much, how much have we swung, and again, I, I want to be really careful, how much have we swung to the decisions we make are more generated by money than people? I know it's a fine line, and I know sometimes money and people go together, I get that. But God's, God's fully aware that, remember we talked last week, about dependency drift, that we can we can drift our dependency away from God and towards money. And the more that we do that, the more that we create a climate where money rules the decisions and not people. Okay? Very and, and, and God's aware of this. God's gonna say, God says in this system that, that the very thing that you're gonna you are going to have a dependency drift towards i'm going to i'm going to eliminate every 7 years you're going to essentially start from scratch and i'm going to remind you that it's not it's not the money that's important it's the people it's it's the purposes that i have that's important okay um you see the swing i am taking around are you guys okay with that you following me all right okay all right here's here's Here's, I'm only taking bits and pieces out of this complete chapter, but Leviticus 24, 25, I think, is another one similar. Um, let's do the next, uh, next passage. Thanks for following around. Okay, from verses 9 to 11 of the same chapter, it says this, Do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone alone, because the year for canceling debts is close at hand. Wow. Because that's the first place we all went, right? Oh, we're kind of two years out, right? Nah, nah, nah. Starve, sucker, right? Um, if you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, watch this, you will be considered guilty of sin. Ugh. Don't you just... Does God know how we operate? You know? We'll be guilty of sin. Give generously to the poor, not grudgedly. For the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. There's that blessing again in everything you do. There will always be some in the land who are poor. That is why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. Do you know that Jesus actually quotes this, by the way? The poor will always be with you. This is what he's referencing to in the New Testament when Jesus talks about the poor will always be with you. Okay? It's, it's Jesus' way of saying, what is your focus? Okay? Because remember, you know, when we talk about the great commandment, it's love God, love others. Right? The generosity before God becomes the generosity we have for people. All right? It becomes very, very, very important. And it's, it's a huge responsibility. Right, um, a huge responsibility. Right, um, so so here here we are, kind of unraveling this. And, and what I want to do is give you a little chart. I think in in your sermon outline we've got a little bit of chart, a little chart. And this is what we're going to call the greed cycle. And I and I told you that we live in. <clears throat> this is what God is trying to avoid for the nation of Israel is this greed cycle. All right? And um, it comes out of this passage. It comes out of other passages. It, it comes from, um, you know, uh, my years in business school. Um, you know, I've seen it in, 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 in the lives of people, seen it in the lives of, of um, business people. And we're talking basically about consumer debt and that today, like business debt. That's a whole other deal that we could... Have another three series on. Um, but the greed cycle is this. God is trying to avoid the nation of Israel from a pattern, from something that comes incorporated when we allow money to become more important than God, okay? The best cure for greed, by the way, is generosity. There's no other cure for greed. And by the way, greed is the one addiction ...that the church ignores totally. All right? And and I'll explain in a minute... ...because greed is incredibly easy to hide. Okay? Incredibly easy to hide. And there's a good reason why it's incredibly easy to hide. And we'll show you this in in, in a moment. Okay. So the greed cycle starts with with a culture of greed. Okay? And and I've put greed on top of money... and, ...and we'll see how the circle works in just a minute. So we have this culture of greed... And from there, you have the next arrow that says it creates a culture where money rules. This is what God is trying to prevent in the Old Testament here for the nation of Israel, that money doesn't become their God, that the decisions they make are tempered with a a, a leaning towards the value of people versus the value of a dollar, okay? That it's always about how this impacts the people. That's why the poor, the poor are, are, are assembled, by the way. Uh, the Old Testament prophets, if they wanted to kind of do a litmus test of how the nation of Israel was doing in their faithfulness to the covenant, the pro- prophets would go, oh, just look at the poor. If you think you're doing so well, Just look at this group over here that you've categorized as the poor, and this is how we can measure how well you're doing. Okay? So, this is one of the reasons why it's up like that. So, if we create a culture where money rules, right, then the decisions and the things that we do are are dramatically different. All right. Um, So, from there, um, the next point is it creates a climate of financial fear. Listen, one of the worst fears that we live in is the fear of finances. All of us have been there. All of us have had to make dramatic decisions because of money, right? And if everything is determined by money, how do we measure who's successful in society and who's not? By how much money you have, right? Okay, all right. Okay, we're getting ugly here. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, we're getting ugly. Okay, but, it, but this is the reality. This is what God is trying not to do in the nation of Israel. It creates a climate of financial fear. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, how, how, you know, when am I going to have money for retirement? How am I going to be able to live? How am I going to be able to get through the next month? How, all of us have experienced that. All of us. And it creates financial fear. Financial fear is is one of the worst fears that we live with. And it's a reality. But we live in a culture where money determines everything. Okay, next. Financial fear manifests itself as greed. Underneath greed is fear. We've all heard it, right? Just some of the questions I've, I've asked already. How do I manage? How do I make ends meet? How am I going to retire? I can't retire because I'm going to have to work till I'm 70. You know, all, 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 all those financial fears. And what happens is it manifests itself in a, in, 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 in a type of greed. Because if you don't take care of yourself, who's going to take care of you? Right? Responsibility is very important, but it causes a climate of fear. Absolute climate of fear. One, you know, I, I love the fact, I love the fact. Okay, here's Christmas. Okay, I know, I know we're thinking of Christmas again because of the weather. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are the two main stories at Christmas time? Food banks, right? Salvation Army, kettle drives, all that stuff. You know, how are we managing the poor, right? And what are the numbers for the retail sector, right? Isn't that the two extremes, right? How many of us say, oh, Christmas was successful this year because the stores made a profit? Okay, I've lost you totally. Okay. All right. <laughs> You you, you know what I'm saying? Those those, those are the two, right? Isn't isn't that what we measure even our holidays by? Okay? Now, financial fear invariably causes in all of us this element of greed. I need to save for my retirement. I need to be careful with my resources. I can't give at this time. I need to be. I need to be careful. I can't. I need to be a good. And then, and then we all we all do the God thing too, right? Christians like okay, we do the God thing, right? God wants us to be faithful stewards. Okay. Ooh, yeah, right. It could even become a prayer request. It's 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 a very. I'm just saying, it's a very slippery slope. It's a very fine line that we tread. And God has instituted this thing to to prevent us from going over that line. Because the longer we stay over that line, the more difficult it is to bring us back. Okay? The more difficult it is to bring us back. And God invariably did something in the cycle life of the nation of Israel to to get them back on track. And it was dramatic, because it would cut at the very lifeblood of how they survived as a nation. And said, no, I'm not gonna let that get so ingrained in you that you forget what I called you to be in the first place. Because you'll get so wrapped up in how much land, how much money, how much property, you know, all of that stuff, that suddenly the people become less important. This is is a huge Old Testament principle, all right? But financial fear manifests itself as greed. The next point. Greed prompts debt dependency. Now we just want to catch up to everybody else. We just want to have more because we're in a culture of discontent. And we'll talk about that next week because whenever discontent and awareness join together, right, it's not a good uh, partnership. And we'll talk about that a little bit next week about about how that ends up uh, living out in our lives. Okay, but this is what happens. Then we have this debt dependency, right, which is what many of us get caught up in, or some of us get caught up in, and becomes a very difficult cycle because. Much of what the fear manifests in, in you is legitimate fear. And we'll talk about, and again, uh, we'll, we'll be... And uh, You know, I, I just feel I need to be really... I just need... Okay, I need to be really clear about something. God wants you to have money. Don't miss the fact that God talks about blessing the nation of Israel... It's okay to have money. It's okay to be wealthy. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, it's okay to, to, be, to have things. Alright? But don't let them become your idol. Don't let them become your God. Don't let them become the thing that, that gives you value in life. Because the, those things are what God entrusts to you to use for His purposes, for His honor and glory. That's you know, you need, to, you need to hear that. Because in all of these passages that we, we've looked at this morning, it's all about God blessing them and not to get off track. All right? So greed prompts debt dependency, which r- r- brings us right back to the culture of greed. And it's a vicious cycle. And the fears, again, are legitimate, but they manifest themselves in greed. Because this, this, is, this is the rubric by which all of society lives. And we work by that. Imagine, how different would your life be tomorrow if all your debts were canceled? What would the offering be like the next week? Oh. <laughs> Good night, yeah. Right? You know, you know how... how? Better, better question yet. Better question yet. If God canceled all your debts tomorrow how generous would you be to others? Would that make any difference? Or would you find yourself suddenly saying, now I can get that big screen TV. <laughs> because the one that I got on credit is already outdated. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know just but you know it's it's a fine line isn't it and it's, a, it's 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 a dangerous line right there all of us all of us here in this room at one time or another have leveraged debt for good we have we wouldn't have the houses we have wouldn't have the cars we have we wouldn't have you know the education we have that's the reality but the danger is, the danger is, is when it gets us into trouble, and we're far beyond where we need to be, and we become enslaved to it. And to become enslaved to it minimizes our effectiveness as believers. Does does not allow us to be generous to God as God intends for us. And it becomes far more difficult to live our spiritual lives in faithfulness to him. Because what ends up happening is that the the debt that we are in and the resources that we lack and the things that are problematic in our lives because of debt becomes becomes a competition with a, a real spiritual vitality and relationship with God. And Jesus said, and Jesus said, in Gospel of Luke, be cautious, be careful of every kind of greed. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to close it out here. Um, you know, please, please come back. This is, this is really, you, you know, like, I, I know, I don't, I don't often have to. Pay. This is really hard. I know this is really hard stuff. But this is so, you know, we're looking at what the Bible has to say about this. And, and, and maybe, maybe what you heard is so countercultural because we're so used to being in a, a world that, that we can't do anything online if it's not a credit, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, you can't live in this culture. But there's a real caution that we as believers have to, have to put on everything that we do. And, and, and we have to take that moment to pause and say, is this what would honor God the way I am doing this? And my hope and prayer is, that, you know, by the end of this, that, that we've given you tools and we've inspired you and we've encouraged you to say, I am going to make a plan in my life to take care of this issue, to take care of this problem because I want to be generous towards God and towards others because I know, I know but this is not where I need to be. And I know this is where God doesn't want me to be either. All right? That's how I want to encourage you. Because this is so powerful. So many of us are struggling with this, or, you know, in Canadian culture, in Canadian society. And we don't need to be enslaved by it. So come back next week. We've got even more stuff like this to go, okay? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. And we pray, Lord, that um, what we have heard today is powerful in the sense that it's challenged us about maybe some habits, some things that we've been doing, or a place that we presently are, that maybe we don't need to be. And Lord, we understand, and, and life can go so fast, and the kids can come, and the responsibilities can come, and... And so many things and pressures from the outside. And before we know it, we're, we're looking at, at statements that shock us. And we, we ask ourselves, how do we get here? And Lord, I pray that as we look at your word and just see the great insights that the Bible has about some very key parts of our lives, that we would be challenged and we would be changed and we would be encouraged, Lord, to live out faithfully, even in a culture that demands that we just do everything with a signature, that we're able to pause, that we're able for a moment to just say, is this right? Will this honor God? Will this keep me faithful? Will this limit my ability to be generous? And Lord, I pray that it would just help someone here today. In Jesus' name, amen.